Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is good to be here together this evening in this sanctuary once again. With the trees that are decorated beautifully, the candles are ready, the singing of proper Christmas hymns and carols, it feels a lot more like Christmas tonight, doesn't it? Or, or maybe not quite. I mean, warm weather, no snow, recent tornadoes, full hospitals, empty shelves, long delays, short tempers, general discord, separated families, depression and anxiety, mourning the death of loved ones. To quote John, the secular musical prophet of doom and gloom from Liverpool, So this is Christmas? What have you done? Another year over and a new one just begun. So this is Christmas? I hope you had fun. The near and the dear ones, the old and the young. A very merry Christmas and happy new year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. So this is Christmas. For weak and for strong, for rich and for poor ones, the world is so wrong. And so happy Christmas for black and for white, for yellow and red ones. Let's all stop the fight. To be honest with you, that is one of the most depressing Christmas songs recorded in all of human history. And primarily because it's such an accurate reflection of the world in which we live. Right? I mean, time keeps rolling on. And the problems of the world don't ever seem to be getting any better. There's a mention of hope in the song, but the hope seems much more like wishful thinking than anything sure or certain. I don't know about you, but the song makes me want to say, bah humbug. What we need this night and what we need every day for that matter is good news. Good news of great joy. And that would be a nice change, wouldn't it? But where do you go for good news of great joy? Do you go to the national and local news sources? Well, maybe, but unlikely. What about in our community? We can find good news of great joy there, right? Well, of course. Like, say, when a park opens up and so the kids in the neighborhood have a safe place to play, or, or when people give generously to the local food pantry so other people can eat, right? Or even when a loved one, right, a little closer to home, gets a new job that they've been working for, or, or a child succeeds in academics or athletics. These are all sources of good news, and for those who hear it, great joy, but not for all people. And of course, it doesn't ultimately change the world for the better, does it? I know, bah humbug. Let me point out the obvious uh, thing to you this night, to you who are gathered in this sanctuary where under the Christmas trees and under the altar there are scenes of the nativity, that if you want good news of great joy for people, for all the people, then we should look to the birth of Jesus, announced by the angels to the shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. But maybe, maybe we should go to the not-so-obvious first. Open up your bulletins and look at the first couple of verses from our Luke chapter 2 uh, reading for this evening. Where you hear these words, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus 
that the whole world should be registered. Well, don't blink. This is important. The Roman Empire, which was the greatest earthly superpower in human history to this point, is the whole world. Well, at least from their perspective. The Romans had lands occupied in the continents of Africa, Asia, and Europe, with an estimated number of 60 million people living within its borders. And at the top of that sat the emperor, Caesar Augustus, king of the known world. He took the Republic of Rome and he turned it into an empire and was credited with bringing peace and order known as the Pax Romana to the lands in which were his. At his command and by his decree, all the subjects of the empire were to leave their current location and return to the land of their ancestry so they could be counted in a census. So it didn't matter one bit to Augustus that, that Mary was on the verge of giving birth or that she and Joseph would have to travel some 80 miles on foot to return to Bethlehem for this registration. And they would have been of absolutely no concern to him on an individual level. He just needed to know how many people lived in his empire so he could tax them. It didn't matter to Caesar, that so-called emperor of the known world, that Mary was with child. But that's the subtle irony of this historical account. Right? Because Mary and Joseph were of the line of David, who you remember was the king of Israel long before the Romans and even the Greeks. It was a small kingdom in size and strength by comparison to the Roman Empire. It was located off the coast of the Mediterranean Sea in this small strip of land that lasted only a few transitions of power from Saul to David to Solomon before becoming a divided kingdom. But Mary and Joseph, Mary and Joseph were of the house and lineage of David. And David, if you remember, was the shepherd king. So what we have recorded for us is that under the nose of the so-called emperor of the known world was born a king with the right lineage and in the right city for the Jewish people. Another, maybe not so obvious point is that the Jewish people in this particular place in history were living in the land of their ancestors, which had been promised to them by God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And now they were being told to submit to a king that was not their own. I mean, to put that in context, the cries of some in our nation of not my president or the recent events of the Capitol building pale in comparison to the angst, the rage, and the zeal that many of the Jewish people felt over the Roman occupation. Now, the Romans might have brought a semblance of peace to other parts of the world, but their attempts to bring the, the Pax Romana to the region of Israel, I mean, it was dicey at best. A better way to describe it was that it was a powder keg ready to explode. The Jewish people longed for a king of their own who was promised by God Almighty. And that 
brings us to the well-known and the obvious announcement of the angels sent by God Almighty, who brought good news of great joy. That would be for all the people, not just to the Jewish people, but for all the people. And the announcement was made to shepherds. In the city of David, the shepherd king of Israel, the announcement comes to shepherds that the promised king, the Savior, was born. And this is good news of great joy for all people. Why? (laughs) Well, this king would be unlike any other kings that the world has ever seen. He would be great David's uh, greater king. Jesus would be the good shepherd to care for, to serve, to seek after his human sheep. Unlike the kings of the world who would lay down the lives of of their people to secure their own throne, Jesus would lay down his life for his people so that they might become part of his royal family. Where the kings of the world would live off the taxes of the people, Jesus would come to give the treasures of his kingdom to those who are his. Whereas the kingdoms and the kings of the world would last but a blip in the pages of history, Jesus would rule and reign forever. And of his kingdom, there is no end. Where the kings of the world fight to gain territory or squash rebellion by force, Jesus expands his kingdom by loving service for others. And he deals with rebellion, with grace, mercy, and pardon. For there is rebellion in this world. And not just in this world, but in our hearts. We are a rebellious people, just like those who have gone before us. It doesn't matter what part of the world that we are from or what time in history we occupy. We don't, some, we don't want someone else to tell us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. This is true of all of us. We all wave the don't tread on me flag in one way, shape, or form, whether it's in the face of our parents, our elected officials, or God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. See, that's why we see the world in the state that it's in today. That's why John, the musical prophet from Liverpool, sings in such a hopeless way. That's why we are restless in our hearts, in our minds, and we long for peace. That's why we need good news of great joy. This is precisely why we look to the nativity scenes under the Christmas tree and under the altar this night. Because there we find good news of great joy for all people. That means you. That means me. For under the Christmas tree we find our Savior who is Christ the Lord. In Him is salvation from our sin and rebellion. For this child under the Christmas tree grows to be a man so that he might hang on a Roman tree. For the cross was the 
the Roman place of execution for rebels. And on the cross, we see Jesus the King paying the penalty for our rebellion. Look also under the altar and see the nativity of our Lord present among us in the humility of our flesh, who now makes his presence known in the humility of bread and wine. Here the bread of life gives his body and blood for us to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of our sins. Here the the king of creation calls his people to gather at the table and to take part in a feast of forgiveness. Here he gives the fruit of the cross for our salvation. This is good news of great joy for all people. For in Christ and only in Christ Jesus is found peace on earth and mercy mild, where we find God and sinners reconciled. And that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is actually something to sing about, unlike that most depressing Christmas song ever recorded. I almost hate to bring it up again, but... You know, in a sad attempt to redeem that song, John Lennon has this chorus of kids singing, War is over if you want it. War is over now. Well, no, children, don't be deceived by John. War isn't over if you simply want it. That's not the way it works. War is over when the victor says it's over. Then peace can reign. And when we're talking about Christmas hymns and carols, the victor is always Christ Jesus, the newborn Prince of Peace. I pray that this evening you have heard again, or perhaps even heard for the first time, of where true and lasting peace can be found. I pray that your spirits are lifted as you heard of our Savior born in the city of David. And I pray that you are filled with a true and certain hope as you heard again the announcement of good news of great joy for all people. For Jesus was born to end your war and to bring you peace so that you might be filled with hope this night and every night. Hark, the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful, all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen.